This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. Today is Wednesday, October the 12th. We're talking right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim saw a little pressure on the overnight uh, continuing to, to mount up. What's going on in these grain markets today? Well, right now we're seeing a little bit of pressure, a little maybe a little bit of risk off before the big USDA crop report that comes out here uh, here at uh, you know 11 o'clock Chicago time. We are looking for a little bit bearish bean number on this number. Carryout was around 200 million last month. We're expecting to get closer somewhere between 240 250 million. I think there's a you know the, the trade's pretty much dust and guess and a push point point one increase to a point one decrease on yield. The real th- adjustment's going to come from they did increase the carry in from the stocks number we got there at the end of September, as well as looking for a demand reduction potentially. So the bean carryout's going to grow a little bit. The corn carryout number, on the other hand, is going to be a little bit more friendly. That we had a, a tighter carry in due to the reduction of the old crop, so the carry in's going to drop. We do think the crop could get a shade smaller potentially on this report, and then they could make some demand adjustments. That will probably drop this carry out somewhere between 1.1 and 1.2, 1. 1.1, 1. 1.15 would be my guess. And we talked with Jacob yesterday on, on Ag Matters PM, and he made the comment that, you know, normally this historically is not you a WASD that is a real earth mover, but when we talk about the much volatility and how much, how narrow the margins are, uh, all of them become pretty important. Well, exactly. I mean, this one's going to be an interesting one because they did make some pretty big adjustments on that quarterly grain stock. Uh, you know, when they found a lot of corn carried over from the previous year, that essentially, if you make zero adjustments at all in this crop, but essentially, leave, if you leave the September numbers intact, your carryout would fall to a billion seventy million of projected corn carryout for this upcoming year. And the reality is, they're just not going to go that low. We don't believe. Technically, 1.2 billion is what a lot of people would call pipeline level. So to adjust for that, we do believe they are going to essentially have to cut export demand a little bit. They might even fine tune the the, the um, ethanol grind a little bit and maybe even the feed usage a little bit as they try to try to keep this a little bit intact. Now, the reality is we're asking the USDA to do what's probably next to impossible at this time is guess what kind of export demand we're going to have a year from now, six months from now, simply because of you know the volatility in the world we're seeing at the moment now other things we're watching very closely as harvest goes on obviously movement of grain is very important and we're talking about you know first of all the mississippi river we know it's it's low uh we've had to see some boats dredged out because they've become stuck what's the latest on the situation down there how are things progressing well it's somewhat improving the fact that over the weekend they did finally get it opened up there was a couple thousand barges that were essentially stuck simply because they couldn't get through the lower parts of the river. They've, they've essentially dredged those out at this point in time. So they are moving, but from what I understand, a lot of it is kind of like one-way traffic. So they let them go northbound for a little bit, and then they let them go southbound for a little bit. So we're moving product, but definitely not efficiently. You can't load the barges near as heavy as you would under normal circumstances. So it's going to be much more expensive to get grain to the product. So normally I'd say take 100 barges to get a product down line to fill a ship. You may need 120, which it just drives up the cost. So that's a problem. Now we're a little bit worried about this rail situation. I think a lot of exporters kind of plan B was, well, maybe we can't get the barges completely loaded. Maybe we'll rail some of this product down to some of the export facilities around the country. Well, the reality is now we're worried about this uh, train strike that could happen here in the middle part of November. Now, the odds, I say, are very low that a strike will happen. The reality is the vote of when that strike would come was after the elections. 
So we'd be in a lame duck congressional session. I think Congress would essentially force them back to work. But if you're an exporter right now, you do have that what's you know kind of overhanging in the back of your mind is what would happen if there is a rail strike? So all of a sudden I can't get rail product rail to different locations as well as the low river level. This could become a huge problem. And it's not Dustin, just grain going down south, down south, bringing products that we use north becomes a problem, especially like to dry fertilizer. So we've already know the nitrogen price went through the roof. Now we're worried about to dry fertilizer if we can't get enough of it moved north before uh, the wintertime and the rivers really freeze up in the northern part of the river system. Now, when we talk about the rail system, obviously that is the, the, the workhorse when we're sending stuff out to the Pacific Northwest to go across across the ocean that direction. I mean, what are we looking at? I mean, I know China's usually in the Brazil markets, you know, kind of about this time of year, but starting to look at our markets. I mean, what effect is that going to have? Well, it's, it, it, essentially what happens is it just loads the logistics out of there. Now, we did get some news this morning here. We sold 526,000 tons of beans to China. It was announced this morning at eight o'clock, which is definitely a good sign to China come back in the market because the reality is they haven't been aggressive buyers over the last couple weeks and months, to be quite honest. They've been buying a lot of their product from the Argentinians. So it's a good sign to see that grain come in. But yeah, it comes out of the PNW. From what I understand, the October, you know, the time the slots export out of October are booked. November, December did have some uh, slots remaining with this big sale. Maybe they're full. So it's good to see because the reality is if we're not exporting this product to Brazil in the fall, or excuse me, to the Chinese in the fall, it becomes a big problem because if, we, if we're trying to compete, you know, export to export wise with the Brazilians as their harvest heats up as we turn the calendar into 2023, we're probably not going to win that battle due to the high currency. Now playing, let's just say worst case scenario, Jim, and we'll say a rail strike does happen. I mean, what does this mean long, short term, long term for farmers and even some of these local elevators as they're trying to get grain moved down the line? Well, the problem is if you can't move product, be it a rail industry or even the BART situation, it backs it all up. So essentially, you know, if you are if you deliver to the river market, your basis is going to go the wrong go against you in essence, because as a higher cost, the ship stuff goes down. They're going to try to offset that by lowering the basis or they may not even just need the product because they can't get the stuff shipped. That backs it up. So in essence, all of a sudden now, if you're a producer, you've lost one of your competitions. So maybe now the only person you can sell to instead of the export market is the domestic market, which would work in the domestic market's hand. But that comes down to the rail industry right now. We know there's incredible drought going on in the Southwest, and we know there's a lot of corn that's being being bought out of, out of Illinois, to be quite honest, and railed into parts of Kansas. We've heard up to 15 to 17 million bushels a month is scheduled to be railed out there. So that becomes a huge problem for somebody if you're counting on that corn to get railed to feed those livestock in that neck of the woods. So then how do they feed those livestock? That's why I think, Dustin, the reality is very, very low that we will actually have a strike. I think the economic implications of a strike, even if it's for 24, 48 hours, would be so detrimental to the U.S. economy. I, I just don't see Congress and the president letting that happen. But it's something we do need to keep an eye on. All right. Very good. And I've, I suppose this also plays into, you know, we talk a lot about marketing in advance and, and you also see producers do hold on to grain for cash sales as well. I mean, it might be one of those situations where if you don't need to sell, you might as well hold on to it for a little while if the basis is going to keep taking hits like this. Well, it's a situation you got to keep an eye on. I mean, the reality is if you look at the bean market, they are paying you a little bit of a carry to store the beans into next year. If you look at the corn market, there really is not much of a carry at this point in time. Some producers, I would encourage them maybe to consider moving some of the grain, kind of the burden hand argument. And then if you want to be bullish, re-own it with some vertical call spreads. Because the reality is we've just spent you know, the last few minutes 
talking about the domestic situation and the grain situation. But the reality is we got a CPI number um, was not good today. It was 0.2 higher than what they were thinking it was going to be. That, you know, that's the producer, excuse me, producer price index. We're getting consumer price index tomorrow. If those numbers are red hot and inflation is still raging, that's just going to put pressure on the Fed to raise interest rates. Um, and the higher they raise interest rates, it's not most people believe it's not if we'll have a recession. It's now how severe a recession we're going to have. And the worst case scenario you could be, I believe, as a producer is pretty much if you pretty much have, you know, economies of the world dropping, you know, going down in a recession, dropping demand, and you have a product that you're holding on to, and all of a sudden Brazil has ends up with a better than normal crop, we are more than likely going to see prices lower than they are now. So it's a situation that if you're a producer out there, I don't think you want to completely put all your eggs in one basket and say, hey, I'm going to hold on to the spring because I know prices are going to be higher. The one thing I like to remind producers, the market doesn't owe you a profit. It's giving you an opportunity to lock in profits. Don't let that opportunity slide. All right, old Jim. Let's move on to the livestock here quick before we wrap up today. What are we seeing going into that into today's trade there? I think more than anything, you're going to see a little bit of a choppy trade at this point in time. I mean, the reality is the consumer is really getting beat up pretty bad. Energy prices are starting to work back up. So that is uh that's going to be detrimental to the price of the excuse me for the demand of beef, as well as just you know the consumer psychology when uh, they raise interest rates, like you know, stock market tends to go down. And that just hurts the demand there. Pork, we're going to keep an eye on what's going on with the bird flu. It's starting to expand as the birds are migrating. And if we do get a bad situation and we see a lot of poultry liquidation, that could provide a little bit of positive support to the pork as um, you know consumers look for a different source of protein. All right, Jim. Well, thanks so much for the information. If folks want to make market strategies here with agmarket.net, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, call us at 844-424-6758 or just go to agmarket.net to sign up for a free trial of our research. All right. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate it as always. Thank you. And good luck with the report, folks. That again was Jim McCormick of agmarket.net joining us this morning. Let's go ahead and run down those numbers for you. December corn down three and a half at 689 and a half. March down four at 696 and a quarter. November beans unchanged at 1376 and a quarter. January down one and a quarter at 1386 and three quarters. Soybean meal is up a buck 70 at 407.70 per ton. Soy oil down 89 cents at 64.58. Chicago wheat down 10 and a quarter at 890 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat down seven and a half at 970 seven and three quarters Kansas wheat down eight and three quarters at 981 and a half oats for March two cents higher at 397 and three quarters December live cattle up 30 cents at 148.87 October feeders up 85 cents at 175.92 lean hogs for October seven cents higher at 93.10 pork cutouts unchanged at 102.25 class three milk for October unchanged at 21.79 thanks to Jim McCormick for joining us here today for the opening markets I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network where Iowa Ag matters <laughs>